Thank you for joining me in the huddle. JT here. So, yeah, people, you know, it's been interesting. And I'll just share this with you before we start. We're getting a lot of feedback on the huddle. And one of the really cool things about it is it's really allowed our community to grow, to this thinking into greatness family to grow. And it's really been amazing to hear the feedback, to hear the insights that many of you are getting listening to this. And what I want you to do is really go all in today. Today, I have a special guest, someone who I've known for, for many years. We reconnected in the, in the last year. And I promise you, if you listen to his story and if you follow his journey to greatness, you will leave this conversation with greater insight on what it takes, right? Like it takes what it takes. That's the title we came up with for today. So please, everyone thinking with the greatness community, please help me welcome my special guest today, Ben Cozuera. Thanks for coming to the huddle today, Ben. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, definitely love, uh, love having you on. So for those that don't know, uh, ben and I first met in 2013, and it was we were part of the same travel football team in London, Ontario. It was called the London Junior Mustangs. And just to give you some insight, these were kind of think of it like an all-star team. This was a group of the best football players in the London area, which, which Ben was and, and still is. And we, we came together, we travel around the province playing other, you know, big city centers. And that's where I first met Ben. And then Ben went on to play at Waterloo, the University of Waterloo, where he was an integral member there and, and an OUA All-Star. And then Ben has gone on to playing professional football. So again, you'll definitely learn a lot from his story right? Success always leaves clues. So any of you that are really looking to take things to the next, to your next level of greatness, whether it's in sport, whether it's in business, whether it's in health, the lessons you'll learn from Ben today, right, are, 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 will help you do that. So Ben, what I would love to do is to introduce you to the community and just sort of learn more a little bit about you. So what I would love to know is, what was that, was there an experience, was there a time where you first started to fall in love with sport? Um, I don't know, there's like a specific time I fell in love with sport. It's kind of one of those things, um, I, I grew up, uh, my dad loved sports, he played a lot of basketball, he played volleyball in the high school and university and stuff. and you know, then watching football, watching basketball on TV, you know, it's, uh, March right now, you know, March Madness was always on on the TV, no matter what as a kid. So I just kind of grew up around sport. I played baseball as a kid, did a little bit of basketball um, as a kid, and just kind of one of those things that it was like always part of my life. 
so then, you know, as you grow up and you kind of develop your own interests, it's okay. Obviously, I started to play a lot of football. I still played basketball for quite a few years um, up until the end of high school. So it's just kind of like always part of my life. And then, you know, you kind of find um, the one, like I love football. Football is like obviously my favorite sport. But even um, you find things to kind of other sports that kind of help you with the support that you're focused on. Uh, when I got to university, obviously football was the, the main and I played a little bit of intramural basketball just for some fun with the guys. But uh, I got into um, playing some squash, uh, which is a lot of like the lateral change of direction, quick movements and stuff like that, uh, which was a ton of fun. Uh, I lost like every game because I play with guys that are like running backs and receivers and stuff. So they're much, much quicker than I am. So it didn't go that great, but it's like you just kind of find all kinds of sports and you just love competing and love like, you know, trying to get better. And it's uh, so interesting, like hearing this from you, because I know that your dad, you know, uh, I, I did know that he had played in university as well, had played, was an athlete in university. But I, I do remember that your dad was really involved. Like I remember him, he was a coach at SDA, right? Went in high yeah. school. Well, he was, he coached, so he coached, um, the girls basketball team when I was very, very young, when I was like, you know, infant. And then as I got older, he then switched over to coach the high school junior football team. And then he goes and he'll go help out the high the men's basketball team and stuff like that at the school as well. So he's uh, part of that is just, he likes to be involved in the school. That's his, that's his stick. He's always doing stuff and having a good yeah. time at school. He just too much fun, but uh, yeah, no, he was always, um, involved in, in sports and coaching and stuff. I used to get messages in the university. You got any good drills for uh, working this for offensive line? Uh, give me a second to finish this math class and then I'll, I'll get you something. <laughs> well, and, and you know, I love that, right? And, and it's, it, it's been interesting, you know, working with athletes for the last 20 years, it's really amazing to see that many of the athletes that really maximize their potential, that really get to that next level, whether it's university, whether that's professional, it's interesting how much of support they had with their family, right? With the, with the parents. And, and it, it's amazing to hear that, you know, dad was so supportive of it. Um, one thing that you mentioned, which I didn't know, but I love, is that you identified that you played different sports growing up, like you played baseball. And I think about it, I mean, you got, you know, long levers. Again, I could see totally being great at baseball, but then you start to develop that, you know, you start to realize that football was what you were passionate about, but you still continue to play basketball. You, you chose to pick up squash and do that. Like what, was that something that was born into you or is that just something you naturally gravitated to, to like finding different ways to improve your game? Uh, basketball was something like, I grew up playing basketball. Like I, I said, my dad played basketball, he coached basketball, we loved basketball. So we always had like a hoop in the driveway kind of thing. And I played, um, I played club basketball, like traveling around Ontario up until like from about grade seven, I want to say until about grade 10 uh, and then grade 10. I had to, I dialed in, spent uh, that time on weightlifting and things like that and just played high school basketball. Uh, so basketball just happened to work out well, that it was like, a, it was a good transition to football. Um, Cause I, I do love basketball, love playing basketball. 
the squash thing was more of a, um, I had a coach, actually, um, uh, coach, uh, Robichaud, I think he was oh, yeah. on that. He, <laughs> he told me to play squash and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. So, uh, I had a ton of fun with that and it was very good for, like I said, um, you know, be able to change direction, be let on your feet, being able to move. Um, and then, so like I said, I had a couple, I had a running back slot back receiver who was a, a very good buddies with. So he and I would get a couple guys together. We'd go play a couple rounds. We'd go get a couple squash courts and play for an hour or two hours of rotating games around in the morning. So, um, that's, I don't know, that, that part was kind of like, I was looking for ways to, you always want to look for different ways to kind of develop those skill sets. It's, you know, you can do a ladder all day and do pylon drills and you'll get good at that, but it's a bit different when you're like competing and trying to win. Right. So it's just kind of one of those things that I was interested in trying to use it to develop a skill that I felt is kind of hard to develop on its own. And then you just kind of start having fun and you want to win because you know, you're competitive. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting that you share that and, and a word that kept coming up, you know, even in early in our conversation was that compete. And I'm a firm believer that people that achieve greatness in their health, that achieve greatness in their relationships, greatness in their businesses and their career and their school, they push themselves to compete. Right. And, and again, it's not even competition versus other people. And obviously, yeah, like, I mean, you got to have that edge, right? To play at that next level, you got to have that edge. But even that, like, I love that you said earlier that, yeah, I got killed every, most most squash, squash matches, but I was competing against athletes that were a little bit quicker, they're a little bit faster, but you just wanted to push yourself to be better. Yeah, you know, it's, they, they always say, um, well, yeah, like, if you play against, like, if you practice against the guys that are like way better than you, then you're just going to get better. And you practice against guys that you know you can beat. You might get a little bit better because you can practice things that you need to work on because you know you're going to win regardless. But when you're playing <laughs> against somebody that's got that edge on you, you know, like, they're okay, they're probably going to beat me. So I got to make sure I'm on my, I'm on my P's and Q's to make sure that I can get this. And then you're doing it at a high speed as well because, you know, if you, as much as you know, it's practice or you're just having competition with a buddy. Uh, these are like, you know, everyone's going full out. These are more or less live bullets. So you can't, don't have time to analyze and sit down and go slow. Like you still got to be moving at top speed and, and not, you know, there's a time to train that those slow movements and you're going through things, but a lot of times too, you can develop those things on the fly um, just by repetition and live bullets situations. Yeah. I love that. And it really sounds like, you know, you have this ability to put yourself into uncomfortable situations. And just like you said, just repetition, let the bullets fly and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll create the solution, right? Like you'll get better from it. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can, you can be the greatest practice player in the world. You know <laughs> what I mean? When everyone's kind of, you know, trying things or whatever. And when the, when the bullets fly, that's when you got to be able to still be able to do those things. So I think that as much as you can practice and practice and practice and practice, but if you don't try to use that in a, in like a real situation, then, you know, you're the, I said you're the greatest practice player in the world, but then you can't yeah. translate it over to a real game. Yeah. Um, one of my coaches, one of the coaches that I coached with uh, during my last few years at, at Lucas and someone who was a coach of ours at Western used to talk about, you know, that difference between being 
and we'll talk about. So for those that don't know, university football here is played on Saturdays typically, right? Yeah. And he used to have this saying, <laughs> he's like, are you a Friday night? Are you a Friday night all Canadian or are you a Saturday all Canadian, right? And, and that's yeah. the difference, right? Is like, can you show up at your best when the live bullets are going on game day? Or do you just kind of like putting on the jersey and practice and looking the part, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what I would love to know, Ben, is you made the decision to go to Waterloo, right? And you were sort of at this point where, as we were chatting before, what was your decision to go there? Um, I know Coach Burt, who was our head coach in that on that summer team in 2013, who, again, always have always loved being around Coach Burt. And not only a great football mind, but just a great, even a greater guy, right? Like, I just love oh, yeah. that you can kind of just coach shoot Burt. the shit with him, right? You can just, yeah. you know, some, I think of all the conversation, right? Just sometimes having a beer. But what what made you choose Waterloo and, and going there and, and, and choosing Coach Burt and, and going there? Yeah, love to know. Well, uh, uh, actually, uh, I I chose Coach Burt. I was on the Players Council that hired him. <laughs> okay. Um, we had, we, he came in. My, so my first year, he okay. wasn't the coach. My second year, he was. I was on okay. the Players. Like, there was, like, a alumni council, a staff council, and there was, like, a players, <laughs> a bunch of players. So he came in, yeah. and we were, like, asking questions and stuff. So. Oh, okay. Um, I love Coach Bird though. Love him. Um, I, I went to University of Waterloo uh, because it was one of those things like I wanted to keep playing football if I could. Yeah. I had a number of various schools like uh, I was talking to and trying to figure out where I was going to go. Um, yeah. But Waterloo was the uh, the math and computers is what I wanted to take in mm -hmm. school. Okay. And I was like, yo, they got a football team. Um, this was a couple of years out of the uh, the steroid scandal and issues that they had. So I was like, you know what, maybe I can get in and, you know, sit on the bench for a year or two and then get it in play. Uh, because at the time coming out of, out of high school, I played offensive line. Um, but I was a little bit of a tweener body size in terms of going to the next level. I was only about 215, 220 as an offensive lineman. Doesn't really get it done in the uh, university level. And, you know, came into camp, was going to uh, play like fullback, slot back, what kind of thing. And they're, they're like, yeah, you're just, you're too slow. And we also only have five linemen down there. So just go down there and, and see what happens. And, you know, a couple of things bounce this way or that way. And I end up uh, playing offensive line, <laughs> left tackle for the first year. Um, and then, you know, things just kind of roll out from there and, uh, you know, things didn't go exactly as I planned school-wise because it's a very challenging <laughs> school in terms of math and computers. Uh, but I wouldn't change that decision, like, for the world. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's great to hear that you made that decision. Like, you knew I, I want to continue playing football, but you also realized that Waterloo was a great school, right? Like, there's... It's... Yeah, well, it's just... Everybody always asks me, like, you know, did you think you wanted to play university football when you were playing, like, in elementary school? It's like, not really. Just kind of I get to the end of every track, and I'm like, oh, I'm not done playing football yet, so let's see if we can keep this train going. Um, so that was kind of the thing. Is like I didn't know football was going to be, you know, I didn't know if I was going to play ever, if I was going to do anything. Um, so, like, school obviously had to be part of that decision. You couldn't just go on a whim to anywhere. I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. 
Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, so Waterloo was my choice based on academics. And then I kind of basically, you know, got lucky, bounced my way into the, into the football team. You know, never really looked back after that. It's really um, interesting, like, as you share that, right, that, that finding how you chose that. And, and I've had on a couple of your former teammates from that 2013 London Junior Mustangs team, and they both, and they, the two other guys both said the same thing, like they made their decision, you know, uh, factoring in some school and yeah, their passion for football, but really like, what's the best fit for them? So it's great to hear that, you know, you're the same way. So <laughs> I didn't know that you actually, that you were part of the hiring committee for, for Coach Burt, which I love. <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, there was like one player for like each year yeah. on this on this committee. And out of all the rookies that year, I think I had the most playing time and I was the most involved yeah. with the team. Yeah. Um, so uh, they were like, you want to be on this, can you be on this committee and stuff? So we sat in the a room and the various coaches that were applying for the job that had like been narrowed down like the top three or four or whatever, I don't remember, I uh, yeah. came in and we all had a bunch of questions just to ask uh, whoever the coach was. And actually it was kind of funny. I remember, um, <laughs> so Bert came in and we kind of had these questions all lined up for him. And uh, the first guy who asked the question, he asked it and then, you know, Bert can talk, you know, he can sell ice to anybody, you know, he's iced you in the middle of a, of a blizzard and he goes off and answers like all the other six questions we had. So we're just kind of sitting there like looking at each other, like, okay, we got another <laughs> 20 minutes to fill. How are we going to ask this guy the same question he just answered? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. Right. Um, so, so you go there. So, so coach Bert comes to Waterloo and, one of the things I remember, right, as an outsider looking in, was you could start to see that London, Ontario flair started to come. Like you start to see more London guys come into Waterloo, right? Start following you there. What, um, as the program, and I was mentioning this before, like you were really part of that rebuilding, right? Of, of really helping, you know, sort of put Waterloo back on the map. And I remember like the old days, um, my first year at Western, we actually played, I think it was Coach Burt's last year at Waterloo. And, and they, like those weeks were, <laughs> were tough weeks in practice, right? Because you knew when you were playing Waterloo, they're gonna be fast, they're gonna be physical, they're gonna punch you in the mouth every play, right? They just, that's just the way they played. Yeah. And, and that's, what I noticed uh, you, what, during your time there is you guys started to sort of reestablish that that sort of blue collar mentality, right? Like every snap of play, it's gonna be fast, it's gonna be physical, we're gonna punch you in the mouth. What was it like uh, sort of being in that environment where you're sort of rebuilding things? Uh, well, like you said, Coach, uh, Coach Bert came in and he's all about, you know, uh, how many different ways can we pull a guard and have them pull around and, and just smash somebody in the mouth. That's his entire playbook. So, um, uh, you know, like I said, it's just kind of like that mentality that we're going to come out and we're going to work and we're going to hit you in the mouth and, and, and see what happens kind of thing. And um, I don't know, it was, it was really cool. Um, just kind of like be a part of it, uh, especially like from an offensive line perspective, you know, any offensive line that's, you know, worth anything that they're very close and just want to get after and pound you uh, punch you in the mouth and, and, and just play football. And I think, 
Um, you know, obviously Coach Matoya is an offensive line coach, uh, you know, a Western helped out and stuff, and he goes everywhere with the offensive line. So we really took on that mentality as an offensive line of just trying to hit guys in the mouth and just play and play hard. And I think it's one of those things that uh, if you don't play football, you don't really understand that, that as the O-line goes, the team goes kind of thing, you know. Um, so when that happens, you know, the guys on the defensive line realize in practice that, hey, I'm going to get hit in the mouth right here because this guy's coming at me. And the linebackers realize that. And, you know, the running backs, you know, they get excited when that happens. And um, we had a Dion Pellerin back there behind us for, for, for a few years. And, and he loves to do the same thing. He never gets tackled going backwards. He's always falling forwards. So, you know, he gets fired up and then we get fired up. And um, it just kind of one of those things that this, that environment just kind of grew um, as, as the years go by and, you know, guys are in the system for a little bit and that's kind of like, okay, this is the standard, standard, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we're trying to win games, obviously we're trying to get better. We want to, go take a run at the, at the gates and whatnot, but this is the standard. Like if we're going to lose, they're going to know, like, you know, whoever plays them next week is going to have to give us a call and say, Hey, thanks for beating these guys up last week for us. Cause they're still feeling it. Um, that was kind of the standard that uh, was set in the locker room. So that's kind of, and once you do that, you know, people, players will develop. We we're a very young team at the, at the time of when Burke came in, had a huge recruiting class, very young, the one year our average age was like 18 point something like we were in average age couldn't even you know go in and buy a beer so a very young team kind of develops forward after that uh, with that mentality and that I think that just makes it stick really well you had those guys kind of work through that and kind of identify with that uh, mentality I love that Ben and I love the word that you talked about was standards and it sounds like what you guys did was you just kept raising the bar of what the standard was, right? The where, you know, maybe that, and you made the choice every day as, as a leader, right? Even when it started back to your first year that, no, the standard is greatness, right? Like every play it's, it's, no, it's in the years back, we're going to get after someone and we're going to, we're going to punch someone in the mouth. So what I would love to know is, you know, someone who isn't played football might might not understand that, but what has that sort of mentality taught you, right? And like, how has that applied to your life? Like setting that sort of standard of greatness, right? Because anyone that knows you, anyone that's been around you knows like, you're either all in or, or you're not in at all, right? Like you're very similar yeah. to me. Like what, what has that taught you to sort of, you know, the standards, the standards. Uh, the, the, the standard is the standard is one of those things. It's like, uh, you know, no matter where you go, it's like, okay, here's, here's the expectation. Like, here's what's going to happen. Right. And, you know, that's something that you have to meet. You hit, you have to hit like no matter where, whether it's sports or in like workplace or whatever, this is a standard and this is what we have to maintain. I think the biggest thing though, is like, is raising is the process of raising that standard. So like anytime like you're learning something new, right? It's the same kind of concept I feel like I'm working on some stuff in my free time of like, okay, I don't know anything about this. So here, let's, this is the standard here. We don't know anything. The standard we have to get to is understand what's going on. Okay. Then the next standard is, you know, now this is the new standard. We have to be able to do this thing. And then here's the next standard. I think that transitions a lot more than maybe, you know, the standard is the standard is a good mentality when you have a group. 
and you get people together and you can and you can run with that this is the standard but i think it's the raising of that standard bar is really kind of what translates best to like the real world and in any other fields so it sounds like process is really important to you yeah it's like you know if you know they always say you want to set like your big goal then you want to have a bunch of little goals to hit on the way up to get to that one um i think that's just a much better way to go about attacking things because then it's not it's less intimidating and you know you can focus on hitting this hitting this hitting this right you know if you want to squat 600 pounds and you're squatting 200 pounds if you just be like yeah i want to squat 600 pounds and you're just going to try and get there that's a long long road to climb right so if you hit those mark down yeah, squatting 200 pounds in a year i want to be squatting 300 pounds and then a year after that i want to be squatting like that kind of thing i think that standard is that idea of those progression of goals is just a way better way to make yourself comfortable you still have that overarching goal that hey i'm going to squat 600 pounds you know that's there but we got to make sure we hit these benchmarks before we yeah. get there because there's no other way to do it yeah i love that and what it really came up for me as you were sharing was this idea of process over product, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Any, any, anyone that's watching this, right. You know, people like you and I, like, yeah, we have big goals, but you have to sort of, like you said, hit those benchmarks to keep the fire burning. Right. Because yeah, it might take a while to get from the 200 pound squat to the 600, but you'll get there, but you know, fall in love. You got to be able to squat 300 first and four then five right and then you get to six right so yeah it's being able to like you said, keep that that dedication and that drive alive because you know they're like there are going to be those those days where you wake up and you're like i don't want to go to the gym today i don't want to do this i absolutely want to go back to sleep right now <laughs> uh but you like you know those are the days when somewhat argue you have to get in and do those because those are the days that will make the difference one way or the other, they'll kill you or they'll make the difference in your climb, right? So um, you know, just to keep that fire burning, to keep like, okay, you know, 600, it's like, oh, I'm squatting 200 today. I'm not, today's not gonna make a difference to me getting to 600, but today could make the difference for me getting from 200 to 300 for sure. Yeah, I love that mentality, right? And that's why I said to you before the call, that's why I wore my camo because I knew we were going <laughs> into the trenches today and I was like, okay, Ben's bring it today. I gotta bring it. <laughs> So I, I'm curious, we reconnected last spring and, you know, it's kind of, yeah, it's an interesting time, right? Depending on when you're watching this, if, if you're watching this with us live or anytime soon, right? We, the, the world's, you know, had a bit of a pause, we'll say, an interesting one. How has that process mentality, how has that kept you motivated and inspired to do the work because you know i mean right now you're not able to play meaningful football games like how have you really had to dial in that process mentality where you know you're not really sure when that next opportunity to strap them on is is coming from yeah i think it's uh the big thing is um once again finding those little goals right so you know obviously the big goal is i want to play football. Like that's what I want to get back. I want to put the pads on, run into people. Um, but then, you know, you got to find those small goals within that process to being a football player that you can then pin. So like, you know, if you want to hit a certain weight, uh, squatting a certain weight in the gym, right? Okay. Now you have that goal. Or if you have a certain goal of, um, you know, some kind of ability 
to be able to do um, on the field. So, you know, okay, I got to go to the gym. I got to go to the field to do all this work. So I really need to work on my pass set. I really need to work on my, uh, my explosion out of my second step as an offensive lineman, those kinds of things. you got to find those small goals. Um, to, like I said, to kind of keep you, keep you churning is really what it is. And if you focus on that, the big picture kind of is going to fall into itself, right? You, you can't, you can't control things like COVID. Like you can't make the decision that, yeah, things are going to be fine and things are going to go. You can't do anything about that. So you got to focus on what you can control and what you can control are those small goals and doing those small things, to keep taking one step after the other and getting better. Um, you know, coach bird always says you get better, you get worse. Nothing stays the same. So you got to be getting better every day and you can do that by focusing on those small things and doing those small goals to get yourself moving forward. I love that. And, and that speaks volumes, right? About your persistence, right? And, and some of those lessons that coach Burt instilled in you. And again, you don't have to be into football to realize, but I, I really want to draw your attention to something Ben said. You want to see the difference between someone who's, you know, sort of ordinary versus extraordinary is listen to what Ben said, right? It was, I have to work on my step on the second step, right? And it's breaking things down to the finite and really, really making everything great, right? Because, you know, you can't, everything's a process, right? To have a great final step, you have to have a great first step. And then from the first step, you have second. So I really want you to hone in, especially if you're, an athlete or you're someone in business, like listen to what Ben say. There's a reason he's at the top of, there's a reason he's at the top of his field. So I'm curious, Ben, what, um, what has been something that you've been working on? So it sounds like, you know, you have this very growth mindset, right? Where you're constantly like finding new ways. What are you doing like what new things are you taking on to really develop as, you know, in other areas of your life right now? Like, is there something that you're really passionate about right now? No, obviously like a lot of, a lot of things stem from, from football. Mm -hmm. um, so like, for like example, when I contacted you last spring, um, it was at the beginning of a process of looking into a lot of the, the mental side of things, mental side of sports, specifically at the time. That's why I was um, talking to you. Uh, so that kind of thing is very interesting. I still, you know, try and read things and look up things. I have various podcasts that I like to listen to <clears throat> about people talking about different things like that. And, you know, um, being a, a skinny kid coming out, of, coming out of high school into university and then trying to play offensive line, uh, nutrition wasn't a huge concern. It was just shove as much food in your mouth as you can possibly get so you can not be a skinny guy anymore. But now I'm at the point where it's like, you know, you got to try and, you know, now you have to actually like kind of do a better job of monitoring. You know, being a big guy, you can still get away with a little bit more because you just need the calories. Um, but, you know, you got to focus on, okay, you know, um, you know, chicken breast, rice, and carrots was a meal that I had all the time. My roommates would make fun of me. Oh, that's Ben's meal again. There he is. Or a huge bowl of pasta with some meat sauce. You know, you got to start making those conscious decisions. Uh, that was something that I kind of learned a little bit in Mexico, too, living with some guys down there that were very, uh, they, they had their diet dialed in. Um, so kind of learned that kind of thing. And then outside of football, too, it's, 
you know, just trying to find other things that interest you as well. Um, like, you know, I started to play quite a bit of golf, which is, you know, if anybody's played golf, you know how frustrating that is because it's such a simple game, but it's such a detail-oriented game and you got to be, you know, doing everything perfectly. And if you slip up once, you just screw up an entire game. Uh, that's a big thing. Uh, as I mentioned, I went to school for like computers and, and math and stuff like that. So programming is something that I've always enjoyed doing. So I always do that on the side, which is another detail oriented thing. You know, you miss a comma here, semicolon there, and everything blows up in your face and you got to figure out why. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Like I said, everything kind of relates to football in the sense that, you know, detail oriented, these small things, these are things that affect your life. And then you can take those things and apply them to you, like mental side of football, you know, you kind of understand how that works and then you can apply that to your work life or, you know, hang out with your friends or whatever, and all that kind of stuff blends together, which is part of why I think football is probably the greatest sport ever because there's so many things you learn in football and apply to the real world. I love that, Ben. And it, it you know, what I really got from you there was that student mindset. And something my mentor talks about is that like be an intelligent follower and I love that you are an effective leader, right? Like, I feel like you will make, if you decided to, you would make an amazing football coach. You would make an amazing CEO because there is this like leadership equality because you're, you would never ask anyone to do something you're not prepared to do. Like, that's something that I just, I've, I've known you, like that's just there. But I love the fact that you're also an intelligent follower, right? You're, 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 you're so hungry for, okay, so nutrition, how do, how do I, how, how do I optimize, right? When you reach out to me, you know, how do, how do I tap into, how do I integrate sort of like the mind body connection, right? How do I tweak the mental side of that, you know, or even just, you know, the coding, right? Like finding out these ways about that detail there, right? And just, or golf, like she said, uh, I've never really taken up golf because, uh, yeah, I, you know, whatever reason, but I love the fact of you're so hungry to just push yourself to do things better that it, it, it's like, what makes you great? I think, I think part of it is like, um, you know, they always say, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you should go find another room, right? And always trying to learn stuff and, and see different, especially as I started looking at a lot of the mental stuff, see different people's perspectives on different things and, and stuff like that. And then like the golf thing is, I think once again, is that the attention to detail and then that competition, like that, that, that drive to compete because you know, you, like it's, you know, everybody knows people to go play golf, right? So you got people to play against. And it's also different from football in the sense that like, so you play football. If I do something great and the guy across me does something great, like he could beat me and there's nothing I can do about it because he's just better than me. When you play golf, if you screw up, you screwed up. Like nobody, you can't blame anybody else. You're the guy who botched that shot. So that's the other thing too, is it's, it's then again, that competition within yourself. And, you know, if you watch the, the PGA tour or any professional golfers, it's like, they all hit, they can all hit all the same shots. They can all do the same thing, but it's between the ears is when you see the difference between the Tiger Woods and the guy at the bottom of the PGA tour. So then you have that mental, uh, that mental part of the sport. Okay. Next shot. Okay. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah. That one, you're not finding that ball. It's in the forest at the bottom of the lake. Like you're not finding it. Just put, drop the ball and let's hit this one straight. And that kind of gives you that same kind of mentality. 
I love it. And, that, and that's that 1%, right? And that's the theme for today we were talking about. It takes what it takes. It's it's that, are, do you find that 1%? Yeah, like it just speaks volumes about how coachable you are, right? And folks, here's what I'll, here's what I'll let you know. You know, Ben has reached out to me a number of times, like, hey, this. And, you know, Ben will ask a question, but he's open to hearing the answer, right? Like, Ben will, hey, do you have a book? Yeah. And he gets it. He does. Like, he does everything that when he asks me a question, if he's asking for it, and then I give him a suggestion, like, he does it. Like, he picks up that book, right? He, he's, he's willing to open to new ideas. So, again, I want to highlight to you, success isn't a secret. It's a system, right? And, and like Ben said, it's it's day in day out. There's there's no shortcuts to success. Yeah, and then I, I also think a big thing with success is you don't know everything. Like when when you accept that you're not the greatest at everything in the world, that's when you can start to really climb a bit more, right? Because I don't know jack about mental mind. I can read a couple books, and 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 that's you know. I can barely read too. So that's how I struggle on its own. Right. So you get, you know, somebody else. Oh yeah. Like, especially uh, I'm a big, big fan of podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. You throw them on, you know, while you're cooking or doing some work or whatever. It's awesome. Um, so like, you know, you told me uh, the, the Tony Gonzalez podcast wide open. He hasn't been doing it because of the p- pandemic, but I love those him talking to all those people, them sharing their stories and, you know, take a little bit from here, a little bit from there, a little bit from there. Um, Cause you don't know everything Like you know, I'm a good football player. I could teach you how to play offensive line really well. I could probably struggle my way through teaching you anything, anything else on the field. Yeah. If someone's like, Hey, what do you know about, you know, brain mechanics? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of one of those things, you know, you can, there's always stuff you can learn from other people because they, they've been doing, I've been doing football with whatever they're interested in their whole life. So like they yeah. can teach me things, I can teach them things. And that's kind of when you then get to be that well-rounded person and you can take those skills and apply them to whatever you want. Yeah, I love that. It, it's, it's that self-awareness piece, right? And, and you're talking about a couple of things there, right? That, that's the whole concept of masterminding, right? It's, it's understanding where the specialized knowledge, you don't have to be like, yeah, you're not gonna be great everything, but you're self-aware enough, you know what you do well, you know what your gifts, your talents and your abilities are. And, one of the things I love about you is your ambition, your drive, your open-mindedness. Like you're, you're like that one percenter, but you're, you are open enough and coachable enough to realize like, I'm going to fill in the gaps with what I, what I'm not as strong. In. And, and that's great. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things people always go, you'll see people go to the gym. I think is a really, really good example of it is because people go to the gym and you know, they, they can't lift any weights, but they can do a thousand pull-ups. So you watch them for the hour that they're there. They'll do 800 pull-ups and they'll do like two sets of dumbbell press because they're like, oh, I'm really good at pull-ups. So I'm just gonna do more pull-ups and that makes me look really cool. And I feel like I've accomplished something today by doing more pull-ups. When in reality, okay, I'm great at pull-ups. I'll do a little bit, but I really should lift more weights because that's where I'm lacking in those areas. And I think that's how you become a better at anything, whether it's sport or life is, you know, you find those things that you're not good at. Like um, when I was, you know, talking with various coaches that have seen me play, I'd be like, like where, what's, what, what do I need to improve? Or if I'm watching film, I can see, okay, my ability to, you know, reset my outside hand after this certain movement is garbage. So I need to figure out, okay, why is that happening? And then I got to fix that 
it, you know, you're going to hate it because you keep trying to fix it and fix it. It doesn't work right because that's what your body pattern is or whatever. Um, so it's going to be hard and you're going to hate it. And it's going to be the worst thing in the world. And like, I just want to do this because I know I'm good at it and I can do it. And, you know, just like any time, there's, there, there's a time for that. There's a time, you know, if you can squat 600 pounds for fun and you can't bench press. Yeah. Every once in a while, you squat 600 pounds is fun. You have a good time, but you got to work on that other thing that you're not good at. Um, so you're going to eventually have that. Okay. Now I'm good at this and I'm good at this. Well, let's get another thing in here so that we can have, that's how you, I feel like you keep getting better regardless. Yeah. That's so good. I, I, I love that. I, I, I love that. Then just that, you know, you're always sort of seeking that 1%, right? You're, how do I get better today? Right. How do, how do I, how do I achieve, how do I get a little better at that? Here's a, the last question I would love to ask you, Ben. So as we were talking about, you know, this last year has been an interesting time, right? I, I mean, I even think of some of our conversations we've had, right? Where, you know, there are things outside of our control, right? And depending on when you're watching this, right? If, you, if you're watching during this, you know, COVID really has been, an, like I said, just an interesting time. What would you say to someone who, you know, maybe their health is in, in the shitter. Maybe they've gained a ton of weight. Maybe they've had a relationship breakdown. You know, maybe they've lost their job. Maybe their finances are, you know, just in disarray. Like, and, or, and maybe they just feel like life has literally punched them on the gut. They're laying down on the field and just don't even know how to get back up. What is that one thing that they can do today that can at least get them start moving back in the right direction, start creating some momentum in their life again? I think the big thing is, um, relates to a lot of the things that we've been, we've been talking about is those small goals that you can have and focus on one small goal. If you're, if you're that, you know, everything's crumbling around you and you can't figure out where to turn, pick one small goal and get that goal. And then that'll feel good. Cause when you get that first goal, you're like, okay, that that's one. Okay. Now what can I do? Get the next ones. You know, um, an example would be like, you know, my, my health and, you know, I've gained a lot of weight in the pandemics. I can't go outside. Gyms are closed. I can't do any of that. Right. Um, you know, so let's say, you know, my health has gone horribly. I'm ordering food a lot because it's just easier than going out to get it. So, you know, the first step would be, okay, uh, I order food five times a week. Um, let's do that. Cut it down to three times a week and make and so two meals now I'm going to make, and I got to make them healthy. So like chick, I get, you know, don't put something in the oven and heat it up kind of thing, like some frozen dinner or whatever, like make a food, like a whole food meal. So like chicken, vegetables, rice or potatoes, like something like that, make it a healthy meal. Okay. Now you've done that for a little bit, you know, two weeks. Okay. Let's try and cut out all the fast food ordering and make healthy food all the time. Okay. Now I've made healthy food all the time for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, Let's try and do maybe some exercises at home. You know, there's tons and tons of resources online for you to learn how to do exercises with, you know, a, a stick and a bag of cement, right? Like you can do anything um, nowadays with the internet and, and learn how to do things and come up with different ways. I guess let's try and do that once a week. Let's try not that like no, three times a week. So you, you just kind of keep building that. And then, you know, once you feel comfortable, you'll feel like, you know, you're doing good things because you are doing good things. You're making progress. And then when you do that, a lot of times your things will come up with it. You know what I mean? You're doing those healthy things and 
you're making your own foods. You're not ordering food every day. So you're saving X number of dollars a week, right? So then your finances picks up and that helps you out, right? So you can get that one thing, that one tier going, moving that wheel, and then everything else will come with it. You may have to pay specific attention to another wheel as you climb, but things will move with you as you continue to move upwards. That That's great advice, Ben. And I love it for two reasons. One, I love how you focus on change one thing, right? Not, you know, and, and again, it's so counterintuitive to like the New Year's resolution syndrome. And that's why always like, you know, when people try to make changes, they try to change 18 things at once. And then they realize like, shit, like that's, that's why things crumble. I love your idea of one thing. The other thing that I love, Ben, was you were adding a positive behavior. So there's less room for the negative behavior. Like it, yeah. it's, it's speaks volumes about brother, you know what, when, whenever this football journey is done, who knows, I could see you being uh you could definitely be uh whatever you want to be a mental performance coach, human <laughs> potential success coach, whatever, brother, you, you got it. You, you, you're understanding it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like, you know, it's one of those, like you said, you can't, you can't change everything overnight and you can't do it by yourself and you can't do it all at once. Those are like, if you accept those things, regardless of sport, field, whatever you want to do, those are the things that are going to change how you approach everything. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, Ben, I wanted to acknowledge you. I wanted to acknowledge you. And many people don't know this. I shared this with Ben. I did reach out to Ben over the holidays. And I wanted to acknowledge you for the man you are, right? Uh, being around someone like you who's so ambitious, so driven, so coachable. It, it's really been amazing for me. Like I've, I've learned so much from you. And many of you don't know, in this transition away from teaching and, and, and coaching what I was doing before to this, it was actually Ben, where I, he didn't even know that just when he reached out to me for help, I, re I really reconnected to how much I love working with people that don't want to talk about being great, that are willing to do the work. So I wanted to acknowledge you, Ben, because you helped me really get clarity on what I wanted my life to look like in this adventure for me. So, so thank you for the man you are. Thank you for inspiring me to, to reach for my next level of greatness. And I am so enthused to see what your next phase of your journey looks like. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate those words. And yeah, you said I had, I had absolutely no idea. You sent me that message one day and I was like, oh, cool. This guy was helping me out. I thought he was he was doing all the helping me. And all of a sudden I get this message. Like, oh, okay. That's kind of cool. But <laughs> so yeah. you never know. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, I was able to help you really kind of reignite that and kind of go, yeah, this is, this is the path we're going down and stuff like that. Cause like, you know, like we said, there are those days where you don't want to, um, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do whatever. Right. And, you know, sometimes you need that kick from somebody else or, you know, they may not even know it, uh, but it's always just a good thing to, good thing to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what I'll do is I will leave Ben. I'll tag him in this post again. If, if you have any questions, you want to really start to get around and, and look like again, He's the real deal, right? He, again, he, he gets it. Okay. There's a reason he's, he's 
achieved what he has up to this point. And there's a reason he's going to, again, be successful, not only on the football field, but, you know, as, as a, you know, as a parent, as a significant other, as a CEO, like Ben, I, I'm enthused to see what the future has in store. So thank you for joining us today in the huddle. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us in the huddle. Um, I would love to know, as always, what you got from it. Again, send me a message. Let me know what your takeaway was. The whole idea about the huddle is using these conversations as an opportunity to really learn about others' journey to greatness because success always leaves clues. I look forward to seeing you next week in the huddle. Have an amazing rest of your day.